Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Great Outdoor Provision Company, providing outdoor clothing, equipage, and gifts for adventure. GreatOutdoorProvision.com It's Across the Blue Ridge, the great little show that nearly everybody loves. I'm Paul Brown. And this week, we're taking a step back in time to a music documentary I produced in the 1990s for NPR on a Southern Mountain Christmas tradition and the tune that goes with it, Breaking Up Christmas. Some of the people I interviewed back then have passed away in the two decades since, and the specific annual parties I recorded aren't happening anymore. I'll explain as we go along. And it's good to know that other gatherings featuring mountain music and dance are happening in southwest Virginia, northwest North Carolina, and elsewhere. What we have is a musical and historical record of a tradition that does relate to the present. Here we go. Now, that was Christmas, having a Christmas party, breaking up Christmas. I think it's a wonderful team. (laughs) Consider this, a mountain community that worked so hard and played so hard it made up its own Christmas tune and created its own Christmas party tradition. The community still exists and the parties continue. The tune is still around. It's called Breaking Up Christmas and you're listening to it now. I'm Paul Brown. Come with me and my buddy Uncle Paul Sutphin there and a bunch of other folks into the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina and Virginia for Breaking Up Christmas, a Blue Ridge Mountain holiday. The late, great National Heritage Award-winning Tommy Jarrell fiddling and singing Breaking Up Christmas with several of his friends from Surrey County in northwest North Carolina and neighboring Virginia on the eastern slopes of the Blue Ridge Mountains. All through the mountain south in the early part of this century and before, people would stop their back-breaking labor as much as they could for a week or two around Christmas. They'd visit and they'd party. William Norman of Surrey County, North Carolina, wrote about it in his memoir, A Portion of My Life, back in 1864. Here's musician Johnny Vipperman to read William Norman's words. Everything was put in trim for a jolly Christmas. 
During the holidays, all the youngsters and the neighbors were invited to meet at a neighbor's house to take dinner. On that day, another house was selected at which all were to meet. Thus it continued for one week. Then all frolicking would cease and all would return to their respective avocations in life. Some of the youngsters would enjoy themselves by dancing, others with social conversation. The older ones discussed the success of their farming operations, hunting, fishing, etc. Up county from William Norman's River home was Round Peak Mountain in the Blue Ridge. It was home to an intense string band music tradition and a tight-knit community of friends and relatives. Well after the turn of this century, the Christmas parties were still going on in Round Peak. Paul Sutphin is 78 years old and his childhood neighbor Eleanor Colson is 74. Paul and I stopped in to see Eleanor a while ago. Now, I'm too young to remember the scenes they described, but it didn't take long before I could practically see banjo and fiddle players sitting in the doorway between the two rooms of a log cabin with dancing on both sides. That was the good old days. <laughs> and some of the best dancers that oh, you have ever and, seen. And, and have two rooms. Yeah. They'd take, get everything out of the room, they'd sit in the door. So everybody could dance in they'd both dance rooms. dance in both rooms at the same time. Yeah, but we used to take the bed. Mama used to take the beds down. You remember well, that? I mean, your them. time right down here in the hall? I we lived down there. Yeah, I sure do. I've been Born and raised down there. Chasing the squirrel, laid around the lady. And, yeah. And uh, Adam, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, they don't do that no more. <laughs> no, Adam and Eve and all that stuff. <laughs> but people thought something of one another then. Yeah. And they'd want to break up Christmas. They'd have it there and they'd go to somebody else the next night and have Shoot, it. Shoot, we'd done that for two solid weeks That's before right. Christmas. Leading right up to Christmas, Eleanor? Oh, Lord, yeah, yeah, after, yeah, yeah to the 6th of to January, we had old Christmas. <laughs> Hands up and circle to the left. Break and swing. Promenade. 20 meter don't forget to swing. Up to two straight weeks of Christmas parties, before Christmas or from Christmas, all the way out to old Christmas, the Epiphany, January 6th, with fiddle and banjo music and old-time square dancing night after night. They started to call it Breaking Up Christmas, and somehow, we're not quite sure how, a tune came to be known by the same name. A little while ago, you heard Tommy Jarrell fiddling Breaking Up Christmas. Tommy was in the middle of a family line of musicians. Here's his dad, Ben, recorded in the 1920s, fiddling to square dance calling, so maybe it sounded a little like this in those old log cabins. Ben Jarrell and Frank Jenkins with the Southern Broadcasters in the 1920s. Ben's son, Tommy, became a great fiddler. And Tommy's son, Wayne, has continued the dance-calling tradition down another generation to the present. The breaking up Christmas parties, as they're called, the parties that gave their name to a tune, are still going on here. As often as not today, they're in dance halls or civic club buildings, but descendants of the Round Peak Mountain, North Carolina musicians, people such as Wayne Jarrell, are actively continuing the old tradition in a changing world. Why did on a ride here? Let's go, come on. They'll drag in here in a minute. 
Lay them coats off and come on here in this thing. It's a community gathering still, just a whole lot larger. Automobiles, telephones, and amplified sound systems have seen to that. But some of the best fiddlers, banjo pickers, guitar players, and singers in the Old Mountain tradition have shown up to this dance at New Year's Eve, sponsored by the East family. with Kirk Sutphin and his band providing the music. The patriarch of the family holding this dance, Ernest East, is a little under the weather and can't be on hand this year. People here are saddened also by a loss in their musical community, but the family goes on with the party anyway. Ernest's son, Scotty, welcomes friends and neighbors. We planned this a long time ago, and my dad, he got sick, so he can't be with us tonight, so he wants to go and have it anyway. We also had a death in the, in the community and come close to canceling it on account of that. I guess a lot of you know uh, Dick Freeman passed away. And uh, back when Dick was playing with us, he told me one time, he said when he died, he wanted everybody to have a dance. So it looked like that's what we're going to do. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to do this in, uh, in memory of Dick and just hope you, hope you enjoy yourself tonight and hopefully Dad will be back here next year. We've got a lot of good music here tonight, so uh, we're going to be switching around uh, right much. We've got several good bands, and we want everybody that's here that's got an instrument or can uh, pick it one, we want to be able to play some tonight. Scotty and his friend Max Snow break into a song with that high, lonesome mountain sound that's been around here for generations. It's called Tempe.
Change bands. We'll get the toe string stretchers up here next. Paul Brown, Merlin Clifton, and Frank Bowden. Andy Kahn fiddled while Max Snow and Scotty East sang Tempe with their band. You heard Scotty. Guess it's our turn now. We'll get Frank Bodie to sing Who's Gonna Shoe Your Pretty Little Foot. Our band's called the Toast String Stretchers. That's right, Toast. Find it on your map of North Carolina. We learned this song from an old Virginia mountain fiddler and auctioneer named Luther Davis.
get those high heel shoes, the dress you wear so fine. I got my shoes from a railroad man, the dress from a driver in the mine. Don't you see that lonesome dove as he flies from pine to pine? He's mourning for his own true love, just like a mourn for Frank Bodie sang Who's Gonna Shoe Your Pretty Little Foot with the Toast String Stretchers. That was me fiddling at the East Family Annual Party in North Carolina. Next up, it's time for a freestyle flat foot number. Flat footing is similar to what most people think of as clogging. It's an American derivation of step dances from a number of traditions, including African, Native American, French, English, Scots-Irish. No better fiddler for this one than Richard Bowman with his Slate Mountain Ramblers. Richard has won the fiddle contest outright at the Old Fiddler's Convention in Galax, Virginia, and he's on hand for lots of square dances in the area. It's a family band to a great extent. 13-year-old daughter Marsha picks the banjo, and mom, Barbara Bowman, is back there on the string bass for this ragtime Annie. Slate Mountain Ramblers with Ragtime Annie at a Breaking Up Christmas Party in Surrey County, North Carolina back in 1995. We recorded it for my Breaking Up Christmas NPR holiday special you're hearing now, which first aired in 1996. I noticed I mentioned the last century, meaning the 19th century, and now we've crossed another century mark, so let's just excuse that. The annual party we visited isn't going on anymore, though some others are, and our guide through the Breaking Up Christmas tradition, Paul Sutphin, has passed away, as have Eleanor Colson, Johnny Vipperman, Ernest East, whose family sponsored the party we just heard, and dance caller Wayne Jarrell. We'll get back to our story after a break. I'm Paul Brown. This is Across the Blue Ridge, produced in collaboration with WFDD Public Radio, Winston-Salem, North Carolina.
Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from the Blue Ridge Music Center, presenting the Sounds of the Mountains concert series featuring Town Mountain, Caleb Caudle, Wayne Henderson, Dory Freeman, and more. January 14th, 21st, and 28th at the Willingham Theater in Yadkinville, North Carolina. BlueRidgeMusicCenter.org. It's Across the Blue Ridge. I'm Paul Brown with our updated rebroadcast of my 1996 NPR music documentary on the breaking up Christmas tradition in the Southern Mountains. Let's get back to it with the story of the song. So what about this tune that took its name from these holiday parties, Breaking Up Christmas? It was all over these Northwest counties in North Carolina and Southwestern Virginia. On the radio, at Square Dances, on records. Here are the Camp Creek Boys with our friend Paul Sutphin and with Fred Cockrum fiddling on a 1967 45 RPM record playing, you guessed it, Breaking Up Christmas. As with a lot of rural American tunes, no one's absolutely sure where this one came from, but everyone seems to have a story. We'll find out a little bit more, but first, check out this rock-solid 45. Breaking Up Christmas, a blazing version on a 45 RPM record by the Camp Creek Boys back in 1967. Paul Sutphin was playing the guitar. Lots of people have stories about this old tune. Fiddler Luther Davis, who was born well before the turn of this century, told me he'd heard it when he was a kid. 
Local musician Johnny Vipperman, who read for us a little earlier, says his mother believed the breaking up Christmas tradition and tune went back to before the Civil War, and that its origin might have been among the few slave communities in the area. The story he heard involved slaves preparing a backlog for their fire. As long as that log lasted, they could celebrate breaking up Christmas. Well, my mother told me about it. In fact, everybody along the top of this mountain has talked about it from time to time. Uh, the slaves were allowed to celebrate Christmas as a holiday without work, just do, you know, what was necessary toward preparing food and, and the wood to keep the buildings warm and so on. This is the only work they did for as long as that backlog in the fireplace would last. And they especially prepared one by cutting a, a green black gum tree and soaking it in the swamps to where it would become embedded with mud and water that wouldn't burn. And I, in all probability, these things will last two weeks. So they had that much time to celebrate Christmas. And during that time, they eat, drank, and made merry. Johnny Pipperman also says the Breaking Up Christmas tune had its own special dance, an easy dance that everyone could do. It was a lot like a Virginia reel. Uh, the actual figures, I just don't remember. Uh, in fact, there was some similarity between it and a minuet, except it was faster. But I, I can remember two rows of people, the men in one row and the women in the other. And, I remember seeing it done when I was a kid. Some old-time mountaineers say that the term breaking up Christmas refers to the Epiphany celebration January 6th when all the Christmas holiday was over. Paul Sutton had his own account of the breaking up Christmas tune as we looked around the remains of the log cabin where he grew up on Round Peak Mountain in the 1920s. Well, uh, we don't know if we can get in. Well, we can't. It's, I guess this girl... Got it. So this here is the house where you grew up? Yes, yes, yes. Now, yes, right here was a little room right here. That room right in there, you see here, Paul? That, that one, one room right there was a fireplace in the middle and door going out in the kitchen right over on that side. And this is three rooms, that's all we had. My mother used to get up and go out that door. Just makes my heart hurt to look at it, thank you. Paul credits the breaking up Christmas tune to an old neighbor named Pet McKinney, a Civil War veteran Paul himself had been too young to meet. Oh man, Pet McKinney is a man right over here, Beard Dog Young, made that breaking up Christmas song. Did he make the tune? Yeah, that's old man, that's old man Pet McKinney's tune. I was about to ask you, do you know where that tune came from? Pet McKinney, and, and they said he could solid born play it. He made this breaking up Christmas. He made it up. Yeah, he made that up. The first thing. one to start fiddling. That, that's what's the first one we are known in this country of. He's the, only one, he's the first man to ever fiddle it. Oh, my pet. Did you ever hear anyone tell you where the words to it came from? No. Who, or who made them up? No, I don't. I, I ain't never heard how the, who made them up now. But I, my old man Pitt McKinnon is the man who played that tune. So by the time you started singing it, the words were already there. And it was done there when I started. Yes, sir. Really. 
Santa Claus come, done and gone, breaking up Christmas right straight along. Don't you remember a long time ago the old folks danced the do si do Fiddler Benton flippin' right there with his son Larry on guitar playing Breaking Up Christmas at home as only a father and son can do, each anticipating the other's moves. World War II came along. Many young men served in the armed forces. Some didn't come back. Others, when they did, found a changed world in the mountains. More women had started to go to work in towns during the war. People started buying more cars. There were more telephones and that new distraction, television. As Paul Sutphin and Eleanor Colson put it, the farm-based economy was giving way to new ways of making a living, and that affected the parties. People just got to work. Women went to work. They quit dancing in They the quit, yeah, because I don't guess they had time, you know. Well, because they went to work. Where would, where did they go to work? Well, in the furniture factory. A lot of the women yeah, worked furniture yeah, factory. Sorry. Something else was going on, too, that started to make all this music and dancing seem a little old-fashioned, a little out of step with the times. The young man making it happen had his roots in old-time country music, but he was giving the way things were a good kick in the pants. Elvis Presley started. Elvis Presley, did he, did he put a stop to a lot of the old-time music? Yeah, he's the man brought up to what got rich off of. It's just like, you know, that's what happened right there. Between emerging popular country music, bluegrass, and rock and roll, old-time string band music seemed a little out of place, a little anachronistic even here in the North Carolina foothills. But Paul Sutphin and his friends kept playing it, going to fiddler's conventions, and having fun providing the music at big public square dances. The next generation of mountain musicians, sleek, fast bluegrass fiddlers such as Tommy Jarrell's son, Benny, carried some of the old tunes with them as they created an exciting new style of their own. Even Breaking Up Christmas made it onto one of Benny Jarrell's recordings in a jazzy bluegrass outfit. Occasionally, the old-timers would still have an old-style Breaking Up Christmas house party. Music collectors Ray Alden and Dave Spilkia of New York attended one of these at the home of fiddler Tommy Jarrell, who played the first tune on this program. The same Tommy whose son Wayne called a dance a little earlier and whose other son Benny we've just been listening to. Ray Alden and Dave Spilkia had their tape recorder with them. It was 1972, and Ray had been visiting, learning, collecting music in North Carolina since the 1960s, mostly in the summers with his long school teacher's vacations, but this time he managed a trip over his Christmas New Year's break. Now he wouldn't take anything for it. This, to my knowledge, I, I may have just been to the, the, the last, you know, small house breaking up Christmas. And luckily it was recorded. 
It, it spun my wheels. Hosted by senior fiddler Tommy Jarrell, the old-time musicians felt at home and ready to play. In some ways, it seemed to Ray Alden that this was like traveling in a time machine to one of the old log cabin breaking up Christmas parties. But of course, some things had changed. The difference, of course, is that almost everyone who was there was much older. And, of course, Tommy's house was very small, as I'm sure the houses. But my understanding is that in the Christmas parties of old, the musicians to play in the doorway between the two rooms. And then in either room, people would be dancing. And apparently, they'd really be dancing. And it was feverish from what I, I understand. Of course, you know, this evening, uh, the evening that I had recorded in 72 was with mostly people, I don't know, I guess in their 60s or so, uh, 70s maybe. And so naturally that kind of fever wasn't, wasn't there, but the excitement certainly was. Present and accounted for were Paul Sutphin, Max Snow, who you heard singing earlier at the big dance, Scotty East's dad, Ernest, and Fred Cockrum, who fiddled Breaking Up Christmas on the little 45 we heard earlier. This time it wasn't a recording studio, it was a real old-time party, and Fred, Paul, and Kyle Creed were still in great slip-slidey form with the Breaking Up Christmas tune. Just one after the other, the, it was a pumped up evening and the tension definitely was picked up, the electricity was picked up and, and all the musicians I think really wanted to show the others what they could do. Collector Ray Alden. Tommy Jarrell, the host of the party, wasn't shy. He got right in there and fiddled and sang Cluck Old Hen while his friend Kyle Creed picked banjo and Paul Sutphin and Max Snow played their guitars. Around the barn, and I'd let a drink one do me no harm. 
Tommy Terrell with Cluck Old Hen at his own Breaking Up Christmas house party back in 1972 in the little community of Toast, North Carolina. Music collector Ray Alden, who was recording, recalls one song in particular, Little Maggie, that still sends shivers up his spine. Fred Cockrum sang and picked his banjo, Ernest East and Lawrence Lowe twin fiddled, while Max Snow and Norris Jarrell picked guitar. It was not only electric, as, as were the other performances, but it had a primordial sound that just is taking you really back, you know, to, to where it all comes from. And, and that was very, very exciting for me. The late Fred Cockrum sang Little Maggie at one of the last small house breaking up Christmas parties among the Round Peak, North Carolina old-time musicians in 1972. Ray Alden recorded it and talked with us about it for my 1996 NPR music documentary Breaking Up Christmas, a Blue Ridge Mountain Holiday. Among many others on this program, Ray also has since passed away. I'm Paul Brown. This is Across the Blue Ridge, and we have more coming up after a break. Remember, you can always find us online if you miss a program or you want to hear something again. 
at acrosstheblueridge.net. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Farm to Feet, 100% American, offering made-in-America socks designed and manufactured in Mount Airy, North Carolina, using U.S. materials, U.S. manufacturing, and U.S. workers. Retail locations at farmtofeet.com. It's Across the Blue Ridge, I'm Paul Brown, and this is part three of our recommissioned 1996 NPR music documentary, Breaking Up Christmas, A Blue Ridge Mountain Holiday. If you were here for part two, you heard a 1972 Breaking Up Christmas house party. The Breaking Up Christmas parties that remained after the early 1970s pretty much moved to large community buildings. But eventually, some younger mountain music-style musicians started to take up the tradition in their homes. I attended a party in 1995 at the home of brother and sister Brian and Debbie Grimm in southern Virginia. That one's not going on anymore as it was, but let's peek in on what I found that night. Fiddle tunes in here. looks like guitarist Wayne Henderson in there. It is. He's in that little room with Gerald Anderson and Jim Lloyd on mandolin and guitar. Sounds like Cherokee Shuffle. Wayne's a National Heritage Award winner and he's a world famous guitar builder as well as a great picker. He carries the mail for the postal service each day, then goes to his shop back in the hills and works on guitars. Thank you. 
Anderson and Gerald Anderson and Jim Lloyd. Seems like each room is a musical world of its own here. Here's fiddler Jerry Correll on some of his friends. You know, one of the things I like about this part of the country is how old songs and tunes find their way here, then find their way out, get changed around, and show up again. Listen to this Jack of Diamonds, kind of like Spider John Kerner's version, but now it's back home in the hills again. When you play the game of life, you got words, you got strife. Jack of Diamonds is a hard card to find. Jack of Diamonds, Casey Hash and Donna Carell singing. Debbie and Brian Grimm started this modern-day breaking-up Christmas party in Virginia about a dozen years ago after their parents told them about the old breaking-up Christmas party tradition. Thinking about the last uh, four or five years, there's been anywhere between 100, 150, 150 uh, music. most of them are musicians, you know, they all pile in. Everybody has a big eat, there's a big spread of food, everybody brings Dance where they can. And, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of cooking that goes on there, too, <laughs> all night. Music in every room of the house. It's uh, three floors. <laughs> three floors. <laughs> it's exciting, I'll Yeah, tell you. <laughs> it is. Adrenaline flowing. <laughs> it is. 
Brother and sister Brian and Debbie Grimm talking with me back in 1995 about the breaking up Christmas house parties they used to have. That party doesn't exist as it once did. Brian and Debbie have moved on in their lives, started families, worked on their careers, as people do. But other folks, new generations, take it up, and who knows what could happen down the road. Let's go back to our story. Down the mountain in North Carolina the next weekend, yet another party back in the woods, this one smaller, at the home of Chester and Polly McMillan. Their son, Nicholas McMillan, age 16, plays on the banjo his grandfather, Dick Freeman, left behind when he died just a few weeks before. Nick's dad, Chester, recalls getting in on the tail end of the old Christmas house parties. Granddad and them, they would play at frolics like it, And then daddy would play. And we had music on mama's side and daddy's side. Around here, every little community had two or three musicians, you know, and uh, they'd play for the frolics and everything. just what will become of the old breaking up Christmas traditions. But of course, people have been predicting the death of old string music for at least 40 years now since Elvis hit the scene. And here come young musicians like Nicholas McMillan, Brian, and Debbie Grimm to prove them wrong. Seems there are always a few people ready to keep alive the state of mind that sparked the parties Paul Sutphin recalls so fondly. Yeah, boy, on Christmas Day, they'd have them dances over and they'd clean out two rooms in the house and get, get them to him, they'd set the table and they'd dance all day Christmas and next day too and people go there and eat and just have a big time. Waking up Christmas, if there's ever been one, we'd do <laughs> Yeah. Thanks to all the musicians who've shared their time and their tunes. To Marion Venable, Glenn Hinson, Wayne Martin, Jackie Spector, Kenny Rohrer, Ken Irwin, Ray Alden, and George Holt to Ralph Epperson at WPAQWBRF, to Pike and Castles for design and marketing, to Bob Carlin and to Media Production Associates and Frank Martin for recording and engineering, to the Mount Airy Hometown Opry for sound reinforcement equipment, to the East family, to Paul Sutphin and Eleanor Colson and Chester McMillan and Johnny Vipperman and Brian and Debbie Grimm for guiding us through this piece of holiday tradition, to Michelle Johnson for editorial help, to Terry McMurray for engineering, editing, music making, and administrative support. Special thanks to Margaret Moose Pick and Pacific Vista Productions. Hooray, Jake, and hooray, John, are breaking up Christmas all night long. Breaking Up Christmas, a Blue Ridge Mountain holiday, has been supported by a grant from the Lila Wallace Reader's Digest Community Folklife Program, administered by the Fund for Folk Culture and underwritten by the Lila Wallace Reader's Digest Fund. 
It was produced at WFDD listener-supported radio from Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm Paul Brown. Way back yonder a long time ago, the old folks danced at Osado. So there you have it, Breaking Up Christmas, a Blue Ridge Mountain holiday. Early field work from across the Blue Ridge, a radio documentary we produced back in 1996 for air on NPR member stations at that time. It was later made into an album, a CD, on the County Records label. That is now out of print, and I'm working on bringing it back because a lot of folks have asked about it. When we first did the field work, I felt that we were possibly interfering with people's lives too much, maybe taking a little too much of people's time and energy. Now, in retrospect, with many of the folks who were on the documentary having passed away, when I talk with people who were involved, they're really happy that we all, as a mountain community, went to the trouble to document this wonderful old tradition in music and in interview. Thank you. 
Stay all night and don't go home. Tommy Jarrell and Fred Cockrum on Across the Blue Ridge, reflecting the neighborliness of mountain communities back in the day and the neighborliness of the breaking up Christmas tradition, which we've been hearing a lot about on this hour of our show. I'm Paul Brown. Glad to have you along. And remember, if you miss an episode or you want to hear something again, you can always find us at acrosstheblueridge.net. Keep on the sunny side. It'll help you on your way. And we'll catch up with you again next week. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Great Outdoor Provision Company, providing outdoor clothing, equipage, and gifts for adventure. GreatOutdoorProvision.com